Radio you can touch. That can only mean one thing. This is the Bob and Jeff Show. You, you seem to know all the players in this poorly acted farce. What do they call that one? Bob Lutz. I've known you your entire life. There's no one who knows less about football. Jeff Lutz. I think every bowl game from now on should be named after something you can put in a bowl. Like raisins, orange bowl's fine, sugar bowl's okay, but no tax slayer bowl. You can't put that in a bowl. You can envision a bowl of raisins. Call yourself a man. I wait for you. 97.5 in 1240 KFH. Good afternoon and welcome. It is Bob and Jeff. On KFH, the equivalent of a bowl of raisins today. Who doesn't love an absolute bowl of raisins? Who doesn't absolutely love the potential of this show today? Because I'm flying solo, at least for the first uh, four minutes or so. After that, the airwaves will be filled by so many different voices. uh, You won't even begin to believe it. Max Power could be one of those. I don't know if he wants to take the mic today uh, at all. Uh, If he's feeling it, you might have to, Max. We've had uh, a couple this week, uh, people not show up for their interviews on time, and we're not counting on that today, but you never know. So I brought in one topic, and if it it comes to it, maybe we can do a Max and Jeff draft. Uh, Obviously, we'd be drafting Taylor Swift songs. That's probably your uh, favorite topic in the world. Am I right? I have nothing against Taylor Swift, personally. It just, you know, it's just not my type. It's like eating Twinkies for nutritional value, but it's fine. Okay, well, that's... Uh, good, that's good, good for Travis Kelsey. I'm I saying, like right? He's tapping that. I don't know about that. Oh, I come mean, on now. I have no idea. John and, Mayer uh, was there. That's a, little, that's a little vulgar for this hour. It's 2 o'clock. Children are just now getting out of school, the, the ones who skipped the last hour or two, <laughs> um, like I probably would have, and, and are listening to this show. So clean it up a little bit. Bob is gone today. He's at the League 42 golf tournament. Max and I were talking uh, earlier. The weather, man, just did not quite cooperate. It's not terrible outside, but it's windy. Uh, which is making it feel a little cooler than the uh, low to mid Well, it's 54 out. I, I saw today a high of uh, in the mid-60s, but it doesn't look like we're quite going to get there. Maybe we already have and it's dropped. I'll have to consult my people at the uh, Storm Team 12 Weather Lab. I'll be headed there after uh, the show tonight to help out with some high school football coverage. We're going to talk high school football uh, probably even here in this first segment a little bit. I'll, uh, I'll run down the show for you because we're going to get started with guests here pretty soon as we go to the IHOP hotline, which, of course, is brought to you by IHOP, where guests can enjoy four new sweet and savory biscuit options here in just a, a couple minutes. We'll be talking with TJ Cleland, one of my colleagues, my cohorts, over at uh, 12 News, as we call it. Channel 12, KWCH, you can call it whatever you like. For branding purposes, we're going to go with uh, 12 News, and he'll talk uh, about a lot of stuff with us today. He's a jack-of-all-trades when it comes to sports, except maybe like the NFL, NBA, high school. He's he's been playing golf lately. We'll talk to him about that. Uh, We'll get into some stuff with TJ Cleveland here in just a minute. At 225, Bob Millette, uh, the general manager of the Wichita Wind Surge, they have a huge... Uh, game over there tonight, uh, Bishop Carroll and Capen Mount Carmel, the Holy War. Capen has not won that game in about 
a quarter of a century or so. So we were trying to get Weston Schartz on the show, the coach, the coach of Capen. Got to consider them heavily favored tonight against Bishop Carroll. But he did not want to discuss that game apparently not wanting to bring any positive, negative, any kind of energy uh, as that game approaches here in just uh, a few hours out at Riverfront. Uh, we, we, we have high school football, football weather, basically, for the first time all late summer, early fall here. Uh, so the, the thousands and thousands of people headed out to Riverfront should enjoy a, a good one tonight. Cape and Carroll, the Holy War, 245. Clint Normore, former uh, KU basketball player, but we're going to talk to him about uh, the 100th anniversary of Wichita East, uh, which is being celebrated this year. Wichita East, uh, he won a state championship over there back in the 80s, was a a quarterback, didn't even begin playing high school football until he was a sophomore, didn't even begin playing football until he was a sophomore. So we'll talk with Clint Normore about that at 3 o'clock, Taylor Eldridge, talking Wichita State sports, uh, maybe get into some NBA with him. Uh, Joanna Chadwick at 325, uh, of course, high school sports, three three big ones tonight. And we'll talk uh, here in a second with T.J. Cleland about that, too. And at 340, uh, the general manager. So we're having both general managers on the show from our Wichita uh, pro-affiliated teams. Joel T. Lamerno of the Wichita Thunder. So a full show of interviews. We'll get it kicked off. Right now with uh, my friend and colleague, T.J. Cleveland from 12 News, uh, 12, 12 Sports over there. T.J., how's it going? Uh, pretty good. You, you said it's football weather. I'm currently looking for my Channel 12 coat so I can be ready to get out there tonight. So, so stay tuned if I have the, the branding on or not. <laughs> do, we have, do we have 12 News Channel 12 coats? I, I got a T-shirt or uh, I guess it was a polo shirt, about three months after we rebranded. I just have the, the old logo. No one gives me the new stuff anymore. What's going on with that? What do you have to do to get that? Uh, you just got to get get on air, man. We'll get you swagged out. We need to get you under the, the tent on Friday nights and break down some high school football, be the, be the on-air analyst and everything. We'll see what we can do. Oh, let's do that. TJ Cleland, our guest from, uh, from 12 News. What game will you be at tonight? Where is the tent being set up? Uh, game of the week this week, we're going out to Andale. We're going to go watch some Andale football versus Wichita Collegiate. So it should be a pretty good one out there. It's both of their you know, toughest competition so far. Andale 5-0, and obviously. They're at uh, 56 in a row, I believe, is the number that they're at now. The longest winning streak in the nation, taking on Collegiate, who's 5-0 and this year. So their first tough test. Collegiate obviously has a tough test ahead of them, too. So it should be a fun one out there. We've yeah we've kind of had that debate on on the show this week Bob and I he's not here today uh, thank God uh, but uh, we've had that debate there's three really kind of marquee games Andale Collegiate on paper yes they're both undefeated uh, but man Andale has to be a huge favorite Cape and Carroll kind of the same thing Carroll has not had a good year uh, so it seems like Capen would be the favorite Goddard May South kind of that one flying under the radar is the game that. Uh, of those three, could be the closest, but you're calling Andale Collegiate uh, the game of the week. How 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 separate? How far apart do you have those those three games as far as uh, well, quality goes? The the Holy War is obviously always the big one around here, but this year I feel like we've talked a lot about you know the best teams in the city and everything like that. And I 
I think that Capen's probably the best team in the city. I can't lie. You know, they barely lost to Wichita Northwest in that one, and they looked like they were, you know, the caliber of team to compete high in 5A, high in 6A. They could really compete with anybody, and Northwest just scraped by the very end there with Sincere Thompson going crazy and doing what he did in that game. So I think Capen's the best team in Wichita. Uh, and Bishop Carroll, you know, it's kind of a confusing year. You know, we thought that they were going to be one of the best teams coming in with the talent that they have. They got a couple of Division One guys, a lot of returners from last year's team that, you know, won a lot of these big games and looked like they were primed to make a 5A run. But this year it just seems like there's been some growing pains. I think there's been some injuries. It's just kind of kind of odd the way the direction of that season's gone so far, but they're still a really good team. But I think that uh, Capen should be quite favored in that one tonight at Riverfront, which is but you know it's the Holy War, and Carroll always seems to have Capen the number in that game. So yeah. it is an interesting game out there. That could be like a co-game of the week. That's pretty close. Yeah, it's uh, the May South Goddard game. You know, May South up there on that list as well. Uh, we were kind of unsure about May South after they lost to Hutch in that one, but I think that was the the rain game as well. So you can't really take anything that much away from that game. But um, yeah, May South's one of the best ones in Wichita as well. Goddard's a really interesting team, the way that they play, you know, just looking at the box scores and everything, they're a really ground pound, run it, uh, run it down the gut, everything like that. So it'll be interesting to see how those two fare against each other because, you know, May South's got so many weapons on that offense, but that that could surprise a lot of people, I think. It is kind of flying under the radar, like you said. Goddard is the team that's going to play them competitively, but uh, I think that I like May South in that one as well. I'm going to give you, and we're talking with TJ Cleland from from 12 Sports, uh, KWCH. Uh, I'm going to give you 45 and a half points uh, in the a- Andale Collegiate and Capen Carroll games uh, with Capen and Andale as the favorites. They just have to combine to win by uh, over 45. Would you take that? Yeah, I think that I would. I, it'd be it'd be really it's a pretty good line. I can't lie. I think that they're both going to be right around the twenty twenty five points. I'd have to imagine is where I'd set both of those lines at. So uh, it's a pretty good line. I'd take I, I would take the take the spread on that though. All right, we're talking with uh, T.J. Cleland. Let's get into uh, maybe some NFL, some Chiefs talk. Obviously, the the story around the Chiefs uh, is the whole Taylor Swift situation. Um, everybody's talking about it. A lot of people now are talking about how too many people are talking about it, but then those yeah. people are still talking about it. Which, uh, which uh, side of that uh, little kind of debate do you fall on at this point? That is definitely the catch-22. I will say whenever they showed her on the screen the first time in that Bears game, I was definitely going pretty crazy about it. You know, I was kind of on the Taylor Swift overrated. You know, I didn't really understand all the hype, but as soon as I saw her rooting for the Chiefs, it's all that I've listened to the last two <laughs> weeks of calling the bandwagon on that side of it, I guess. Uh, so definitely excited about the whole thing. It's a lot of fun, but I, I knew as soon as that game ended and Travis Kelsey skipped his media availability after the game, I was like, and then I listened to the podcast the, the Kelsey brothers have later that week, and he like just didn't really bring it up, and he was just like, I'm going to keep it close to the vest. And I was like, this is going to last like one week too long, and I feel like we're going to hit the point this week where it's like, you're going to talk to the players about it after the game maybe. And it's just like, you know, we're tired of talking about this. I think the world's tired of hearing about this, but I mean, when you got probably the most famous woman in the world coming to all your football games, I'd show it off as well. So I get it, man. That's crazy. I never really considered that. We, 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 uh, everyone's been talking about how uh, Taylor Swift fans, the Swifties are coming over to the NFL, all these uh, tough macho football 
football guys. Uh, you're not going to be listening to Taylor Swift a whole lot of them. I've loved Taylor <laughs> Swift forever, but now you've uh, sort of gotten into Taylor Swift. Tell us about that. What's what uh, are some of your favorites? Well, I've always been, you know, the the right the 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 hits and everything. Now I'm getting into the deep cuts and everything like that. But I mean, I, I'm definitely I'm a country guy. I grew up in Southeast Kansas in a rural community and everything. So I got to go back to the old country Taylor Swift, like the teardrops on my guitar era. Way back. Oh yeah. All right. Well, that that's fair. You uh, not mu- not as much of an anti-hero fan then. Nope. She kind of lost me towards this part of the year. <laughs> All right. Fair <laughs> enough. Talking with uh, T.J. Cleland from from 12 Sports. Has anything surprised you in the NFL so far? I mean, last night was crazy. The Commanders played with the Eagles, uh, had a chance maybe to win that game late, and then they get drubbed by the Bears, who lost to Denver, who lost by 50 to, to Miami. Is anyone good in the NFL? I mean, they, we, there's probably two or three teams that we can say are pretty good, but, man, after that, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. It's, the NFL is really just the, you know, I, I'll, I dabble in the sports betting every now and then, and I feel so much more comfortable doing college because I feel like I can predict stuff a lot more. But then whenever I'm touching NFL spreads, I'm like, man, who knows? The Bears could beat the Chiefs. They obviously didn't what they did. But, like, the Bears can compete with anybody on any given night because the NFL is just such a crapshoot with everything. But, yeah, last night was an entertaining game, probably because I'm a Justin Fields fantasy owner, so I was liking that. But, um yeah, I think that there's a lot of surprising things throughout the year so far about just the identities of these teams. You know, the Giants being who they are so far is just, you know, the Daniel Jones, how he's looked so far. Uh, and then, you know, kind of looking at the other side of it, you know, the Arizona Cardinals. I was listening to people talk yesterday uh, here on KFH, actually, of, you know, they were probably the favorite to go 0-17 if anybody was going to go 0-17. And the way that they've competed and the way that Josh Dobbs has looked at quarterback, you know, it really is just you can try to, like, load the tank, what the Cardinals are pretty much doing. Uh, and it's just, like, a lot harder to do it in the NFL than, say, like an NBA season whenever you've seen teams go, I mean, less than 20 wins in a season. In the NFL, you get 17 games, and they've competed in every single one of these games. You really have to be a – very bad football team with all these high caliber athletes on your team to, to, to be a team of that caliber, to go such a low record. So really it is just kind of that quarter mark of the season where we're, I feel like we're kind of getting the grasp of who's good and who's not good, but it's still just some of these teams are in categories that they shouldn't be in. I feel like. Yeah, man, you had, uh, you had uh, Justin Fields. You said, I, I, in this league we have, uh, on on our show and in the league we're in together with our fellow media types, I was playing DJ Moore in both of those leagues. So I've now lost the, uh, two games without even having a player play in either of them. So that means, hey, if you want any more of my football players for some basketball dudes, uh, just hit uh, slide into my DMs, I guess. Yeah, there you go. Somebody said, they were like, what are you going to talk with Jeff about on the show tomorrow? And I said, I don't know, but every conversation I've had with Jeff for the last week, I've taken his football players, so we <laughs> might make a trade line there. It, it, uh, it wouldn't surprise me. Uh, so you've been playing golf lately, and I'm curious about that because you do kind of seem like golf guy. You know, you're a TV on-air guy. you got to be pretty a little bit. you got to go out there with your, with your white belt and everything like that on the golf course. Why and when and how did you take up golf, and, and how's that going for you? Oh, you picked a terrible time of the year to ask me about 
Uh, well, uh, to be fair, I feel like I can get a little bit of the benefit of the doubt because I played baseball for my entire life for 22 years of my life, and now I just randomly started decided to start golfing out here. But yeah, me and all the all the media buddies and everything, we go out to all the public courses and play before we come into work because we work such weird hours. Uh, and we've uh, kind of like the NFL talk. We've quickly learned what the identities of every golfer is, and I. Me and Matt Henderson just kind of hold down the bottom of that that group there, while everybody else just has their fun. We're we're shooting up on a. We're just trying to break a hundred. Doesn't happen often. Right now, it's definitely not happening. So it's pretty ugly. Yeah, playing baseball for most of my life was to my detriment in golf. I didn't know. I'm just now learning that uh, T.J. Cleveland, freshman 2020, Cleveland returns to the Jets after not making an appearance in his freshman season. What's up with that? <laughs> hey. <laughs> Uh, well, I could blame it on a red shirt, but I'm also going to blame it on the COVID year and also blame it on the fact that I was an 18-year-old kid touching a college field for the first time. So take it easy on me there. What position did you play? I was a first baseman, and I always tell everybody that I was there to swing bats and not throw the ball. And if you watch me play, that was quite a There you go. Left-handed hitter? Yep. There you go. Me too. I was uh, I was a center fielder, but uh, you know, obviously not tall enough to play first. So, so tell us about uh, again tonight where where you'll be, how uh, people can uh, catch your coverage, and obviously the the catch it show later tonight. Yeah, for sure. I'm uh, about to head in now. We're heading out to Andale uh, as the Indians host Collegiate. By the way, as well, I haven't told you this, Jeff, but this was crazy. I went out to Andale yesterday to kind of prep some of this Game of the Week stuff, and Overtime, like the the social media website Overtime, that has over like almost 2 million followers on Twitter, I looked, or wow. at, uh, they're out at Andale shooting like a mini documentary. Oh, I heard about it. that, yes, because uh, my daughter goes to Andale, and yeah, they got an email about that. <laughs> I could not believe it when I walked in there. I was like, oh, my gosh, there's other people with cameras here. And then I saw who they were, and I was like, holy cow, they're in Andale, Kansas. That's insane. But anyway, uh, yeah, heading out to Andale. They host Collegiate tonight. Um, we're going to be live on KWCH starting at 4 o'clock. Me and meteorologist Peyton Sanders will be out there. He's going to tell you about the football weather, and I'll tell you about the football. Just about every 30 minutes or so, you can find us on there leading up to the game before you head out to whatever game you're going to. And then – after the game, we're going to have highlights on KWCH, and then I'll be live on the KSCW Channel 33 for our Catch It Kansas show, uh, our 30-minute high school sports show. I'll be live with a report talking to some of the winners from that game and everything like that to really wrap you into whatever you missed from the high school Friday. All right, beautiful, man. We'll have to. We'll obviously catch that. Uh, I'll be in uh, the newsroom tonight, so I will see you later on. All righty. Thanks, TJ. Sounds good. Thank you. All right, later. TJ Cleland from 12 News. That was fun. First time uh, TJ has ever been on the show. We got into a bunch of topics. Had to talk a little Taylor Swift. Uh, I secretly kind of knew he had to be somewhat of a Swifty. TJ's too well-rounded of a person to close himself off to opportunities like uh, listening to Taylor Swift music, even if he hasn't necessarily got into the gotten into the newer stuff. Speaking of newer stuff, we are playing Taylor Swift music this week. Uh, we've had we've run the gamut from her uh, debut album, self-titled, to uh, the most recent one, Midnight's, which we'll hear from uh, after this break. And speaking of after this break, we'll talk with uh, Wind Surge General Manager Bob Millette, the Wind Surge. Uh, and Riverfront Stadium hosting a big high school football game tonight. They call it the Holy War. Uh, it's a city league battle between Cape and Mount Carmel and Bishop Carroll. A big crowd expected out there for that one. We'll talk with Bob Millette 
about it. Wind, wind surge general manager, uh, he'll be on the other side. Jeff Lutz flying solo today. Max Power, our producer and engineer. Tony Deucing uh, is into this in the studio to my left. Just in case we need him, we might. We never know. This this plane could crash into the ground at any moment uh, with only one person at the helm. Stay with us. Bob Moulette coming up on the other side. It's Bob and Jeff on KFH. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. This is the Bob and Jeff Show on 97.5 and 1240 KFH. Here's some good stuff from Taylor Swift. Uh, not up uh, TJ Cleland's alley, perhaps, as we talked about in the last segment, but uh, from her most recent album, Midnight's. The big hit off of that album, Anti-Hero. We're playing Taylor Swift music this week, much to Max's chagrin, but he's having, he's, you know, he's, he's got a good attitude about it. Uh, let's, she sounds like somebody in this song that I can't think of who. I don't know. Sounds like Taylor Swift to me. to me. All right. Uh, let's go back to the hotline and talk with Wichita Wind Surge General Manager, Bob Millette. Uh, he's out at Riverfront Stadium getting ready for the Holy War tonight. That song's still playing, Max. I mean, I don't mind, but uh, you never know. Bob, how's it going? It's going. How are you guys doing? We're doing well over here. I'm uh, I'm hosting the show alone for the first time ever, and uh, I, less nerves than I thought, perhaps. Yeah, I mean, hey, you don't have anyone making fun of you half the time, right? Well, we'll see about that. We still have like four guests to go, so I don't know what their attitudes are going to be. It's kind of dreary and, and cold outside. There might be some upset people. Oh, cold man! This is this is perfect football weather right <laughs> that's, here. That's what we were talking about, and and you're out there. I want to rewind first because you're expecting a big crowd out there tonight. I'm sure for Capen and Carroll, the Holy War. It was a big crowd last year. It's returning this year. Tell me about the the big crowd you had the last uh, Saturday of the regular season, the penultimate game. You were uh, you shooting for ten thousand. You got there. What was that like? Uh, just being a part of that. Yeah, man. I mean, um, as you know, I've been with this franchise since day one was, you know, second person on the ground. And, you know, I've seen the the good and the bad, the ugly, the hot, the highs, the lows and all around. Uh, and that was definitely, I think, um, that was kind of like an exclamation point to a really great third year. Um, and, you know, obviously I've been around that crowd a, a few times in some different, uh, you know, different facilities uh, down in New Orleans. Um, but, uh, to have it here for the first time in Wichita was just a really great night all the way around, uh, just to get to see a lot of people who have supported us over the years with everything going on. Um, but 
you know, as you know, you've you worked there with us for, you know, since the beginning of this. I mean, when you have a full crowd, man, it's just a rocking the rocking environment and, and just kind of, you know, jazzes you up. And so um, I, I really thought that uh, although, you know, we still have one more game, which you still have, you know, 5,100 people come to a Sunday game, which yeah. is really great at the end of the season, uh, you know, to have the 10,000 plus, uh, you know, hit our goal and, and have the community really buy in. Uh, it just kind of reminded me of what uh, the excitement was when we were coming to town. And uh, I feel like we've kind of gone all around and, We've gotten back to that point. It was a really great way to end, uh, the, you know, the baseball season with those last two games of the season. Talking with uh, Bob Millette, the Wind Surge general manager. So you've got uh, Cape and Carroll tonight. Uh, you've got West and North tomorrow. You had Mays and Mays South last week. Still got a few games left. Tell us about just the overall decision. There were a few games there last year to kind of expand this, brand this, uh, you know, as the, as the high school series. Uh, in Wichita, how how did that kind of all come together? Yeah, I think um, you know we always had planned on playing football at Riverfront Stadium, and um, you know I think we wanted to try to take some of the you know the the blueprints from what we did in New Orleans when we did the Catholic League series, um, and this year just made the most sense, right? Uh, you know we started with that KJCCC game back in 2021 uh, in November. We had that championship game to just show if we could do football or not. Uh, we obviously had Bishop Carroll, um, you know, last year. We had uh, Dodge Garden City last year, and we had two Wichita Public School games as well to show that we could do multiple. And then uh, it just made sense, right? It, it made sense. Okay, let's let's grow this. Um, let's make this the place, you know, uh, the front porch of the community and, and get some of these rivalries in here and mix it up and, uh, you know, Really, for us, it's it's seven additional events to get people down to Riverfront Stadium who have never been. And I think it was always a plan. I don't think we'll ever go with 13 games in the season just because we, we just can't. We can't really even start anything until week five, week six, just based on the baseball season. But, you know, the plan was to get to this point. Uh, we're already planning for, you know, next season and the season after that since the football schedules come out every two years. Yeah, so what are you expecting tonight as far as a, a crowd? I'm sure it'll be big. And, and what are some of the, the differences, if, even if they're, they're kind of subtle, between you know, baseball, game day operations, and, and the same thing for football? Yeah, I mean, so we're expecting a really big crowd. I think, you know, we had, what, uh, 6389 last week for the Mays-Mays South matchup. I think we'll be at that point. Our pre-sale is really good. I think we're already over 5,000 tickets pre-sold. That doesn't include people walking up and those types of things. So, um, you know, I think tonight's going to be a great night. I think uh, the difference for football is, uh, especially high school football, uh, is, you know, baseball is really like you buy your ticket in advance. Yes, you do have walk-up, um, but your walk-up usually uh, doesn't overpower what your advance sales are. So we're kind of shooting as estimation here. Like, obviously, we've gotten really good pre-sale for this game, and I think part of that is because we did it last year, and a lot of people know, hey, I might as well get my ticket now so I can get in, you know, faster. But, um, you know, we're going to utilize 12 points of sale systems to buy tickets at all the gates, whereas baseball, we don't usually go that heavy. We might go heavy in Delano. Um, and then just it's just different, right, you know, you obviously have what you sell compared to what your show rate is in baseball, um, whereas your show rate in football is extremely high. It's 90 95%, right, because they're mostly walking up to it. So, you know, when we sit there and say, hey, there's 8,000 bodies in the ballpark, there really is 8,000 bodies in the ballpark. 
And um, I think from a logistical standpoint, this ballpark at its at its max, I think, not max, I should say at its sweet spot, 7,500, 8,000 is probably what it can handle to make sure that the customer experience is where it needs to be. When you start getting higher than that, you have to figure out logistically what makes sense, uh, to, you know, with, you know, satellite, uh, F&B stations and those types of things, which we will be prepared for for tonight uh, to make sure that we can have the best fan experience possible. And then it's just kind of the rules, right? I mean, we're so used to the Major League Baseball rules of 90 seconds to do a promotion or this or that, and, and this is four quarters with a timeout occasionally. And so um, you're not you're not doing a lot of those in-game promotions at that time. You're kind of, you know, you have select amount of time to do it and, and get it done. Yeah, absolutely. Bob Molette, our guest, uh, the Wichita Windsor general manager. So I'll hit the rewind button again and just ask you about uh, year three overall with the wind surge, your impressions, obviously attendance skyrocketed, fan engagement uh, was was off the charts. Uh, Jay Miller came back as president and and that seemed like a positive for everyone involved. So uh, as you have, I, I assume you've had some sort of uh, you know, kind of evaluation, debriefing thing on the season. What have what have those uh, conversations been like? Well, number one, just to echo what you say, Jay coming back is a huge difference. Um, you know, I'll, I'll argue and say that if anyone else had come in his position that didn't already have the relationship they did with Wichita, I don't think we skyrocketed as fast as we do in, in year three, number one. Um, I think he was able to activate a lot of the community that, you know, wasn't showing up the last two seasons just because of kind of everything that had gone down. And, you know, he, he helped kind of get us back on the map as far as getting everyone out to the ballpark and, you know, working backwards from yes. Um, you know, attendance is up. Our, our in gate was up. You know, all our numbers were up. And I think that's just because of the excitement, making it affordable, um, you know, to our fans and getting everything out there. I'd say, you know, the day-to-day operations really didn't change, right, you know, um, you know, as far as getting people in and, and our customer service that we do with our part-timers. But Jay really, he, he put a huge lift. Uh, you know, gave us a huge lift going into the season and it really just engaged people. And I just think from, you know, year three, after you've learned as many things as you can from a building after the previous two seasons, uh, you better be better. Um, otherwise, <laughs> you know, you're, you're insane, right? So uh, you're doing the same thing over and over again. And I think our staff too, you know, our staff predominantly has been here, um, you know, since, you know, mid season 21, you know, 95% of our staff been here was extremely, you know, extremely young. So we're talking 22, 23-year-olds who are now 24, 25. They have started to manage that process, and so they know what to do in the day-to-day because they've seen it happen. And so from an operational standpoint, I felt like for the most part, we knew what was going to be coming our way because we went through those bumps, those road bumps during the 21 and 22 season. And it just, again, out of the three seasons, the first season was great because it always is, but this just really was, it, it went so fast. And when a season goes so fast, that means that you're having fun. Um, and I was like, holy crap, we only got two games left. Now we got football, now we got to replan, but we're all excited and getting ready for, you know, 24. Yeah, so how, how does that uh, look, uh, the, the getting ready for uh, 2024 that season uh, because you know this this off season there's some stability last year there were a lot of changes positive changes of course with Jay coming back new ownership but now that that's all in place is 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 it more smooth sailing uh, so to speak as as far as an off season goes? 
Yeah, because I think you you know what the timelines are. You know how you're planning. You know what you're doing. I mean, even going into the beginning of uh, this year, you know, we got sold in December. We didn't know what that meant for, like, you know, some of our operations, some of our ticketing stuff and those types of things. You know, we find out Jay's the president at the end of December, and then he's coming in and filling out the staff. But we have a good feeling. We're already starting to plan those things out. You know, some of those cool giveaways that you do, whether they're a bobblehead or uh, – a custom jersey or those types of things, you actually have to start planning that now so that that can make, um, you know, it's shift date come beginning of the year if you do stuff beginning of the year. So in reality, you know, you're you're starting to plan and you got to get partners involved on in that, right? So a lot of partners that we have, you know, are with us are not usually year to year. They're multi-year deals. And so maybe some of those are coming up and, you know, we want to continue that partnership. So we got to work on what makes sense there before we can even move forward. So there's definitely a lot of moving uh, parts that are happening now. And we're, we're even happening prior to the season's end. Um, but, you know, it's a lot more smooth sailing, you know, going into October, uh, handling football that we did, you know, we've, we handled football last year. So we kind of know operationally wise what we are there uh, to help us plan for moving forward. Yeah, so Bob and I have been talking a couple times this week about the success of the Twins and, you know, if there are people out there who look at, uh, you know, you see Matt Walner on the Twins and some other people who have come through Wichita. Royce Lewis was here for about a half a second or so. Um, So do you think that registers with – how many fans do you think that really, really matters to this day and age? Um, and what do you think that connection is like between the, the wind surge fan base and, and the twins? Well, I'll say that our fan base is a, is very unique fan base compared to some of the other minor league teams I've been a part of seen. I, I think we have a very focused pan, uh, fan base. Um, but however, what I'll say in that is I'd say maybe a quarter of our fans really know the difference between uh, know the guys that are going up and are going down because they're the ones who are there for multiple games, right? You know, most people who come out to do a, a ball game, you know, they might come once or twice a year, um, and there's not really any buy-in to uh, those guys because they're not maybe paying attention to the baseball per se, you know? I mean, you know just from experience that – you get to watch the baseball and do it. But if you're on the music side, your job is the entertainment portion of it or the production side. And I think really maybe a quarter of the fan base is really, they see those guys up there. Now, obviously on the front office side, we see all the guys that go up and down and that's really cool to see, you know, Matt Walner get up there and, you know, Cody Funderburg who, who gets his chance. And a lot of people don't realize that Cody, Cody sat in double A because there was no space for him at triple A this year. That's why he was even here for as long as he is. And then he gets to go up, make his MLB debut. And then, you know, he's there and part of that process. And I I think that if if you're the hardcore fan who, who tracks that, absolutely. You're going to know what's going on. But again, I think, you know, for three fourths of the fans, um, you know, if we win great, if we don't, if, if we lose, it's a bummer, but it's not going to be a make or break on them. Um, and it's just kind of like it's like high school sports, right? Um, and, and college sports. It's just the next class that comes up, and hopefully, you know, maybe that that one of those fans that isn't hardcore into, you know, the players at that time, they might become a fan because that player did something for them, gave them a signed baseball, or took a picture with their, you know, young, you know, their their little kid, and, and did all those things. That's where they become fans. And then they start following through and go, oh, man, that kid, he was so nice. And now look at him. He's up in the big leagues. And, you know, the Twins are making a postseason run. 
Yeah, for sure. So before I let you go, I wanted to ask you about the the further multi-purpose use of, of Riverfront. Are concerts, is that still on the table, do you think? Is it is it hard to get people to kind of associate a, a my, in Wichita, I guess? I mean, we know it happens elsewhere, but for uh, baseball and, and music as a combination, or what are the challenges there? Well, I think, too, I, I, concerts are on the list. They're, they're, they're there. I think it's just a matter of the runway to do it. I mean, this one concert that we had coming up, we just didn't have enough runway to really promote it. Um, I think, too, uh, you know, we're, we're still, still having more of those discussions. That's the, You know, I, we're going to do a concert. We built this ballpark for a concert. It's going to happen. We're going to do more. Um, you know, I think the one thing people have to be cognizant of is, Yes, we want to do as much stuff as we can at Riverfront Stadium, but we also have our neighbors at Intrust, the Wave, the Cotillion. You know, we got to make sure we balance out appropriately because, you know, if everyone in Wichita is successful, then we're successful. And it's just making sure there is a balance on on what that is. There will be concerts there, and I think you'll see one next year. It's just a matter of getting enough runway uh, for us to properly be able to promote it and make sure that we get in there. We don't want to just do something, you know, halfway. And I think that's why, you know, this concert that we were going to have come up this weekend, we just decided, okay, I don't think we put, we, we tried to get it going. It was just a little last minute deal. Um, and we want to make sure that, you know, we do everything appropriate to really give Wichita and Riverfront Stadium the best first concert experience possible. Well, man, we appreciate it. Uh, as always, great to talk to you. Congratulations on a great year with the wind surge. No, it's only going to get better in 2024. Have fun tonight at the at the Holy War. We will, man. And uh, always thanks for your support. And uh, we'll see you soon. We might need you for music in a couple weekends. So I think ready. I'm. I think I'm there tomorrow. In fact, there you are. So then I'll see you then. See you tomorrow, man. See ya. All right. Thank you. All right. Later. Back to the IHOP hotline and talk to Clint Normore. He was a star quarterback at uh, East High School when they won state championships in 1982 and 83, later went on to play uh, basketball at Wichita State and the University of Kansas, won a national championship with the Jayhawks. Clint, how are you? I am fine, thank you. How are you doing? We are, I guess we are. I am doing well. I usually have a we, but uh, Bob's not here. No one else is here. It's just me and you, but uh, I'm doing great. So East is celebrating it's a 100th anniversary. What uh, what's going on over there? What are the activities? Are you taking any part in that uh, over this weekend? Well, yes, we have a uh, game. They have a game today at yes. four o'clock, and so they're they're uh, recognizing those of us who return from different teams, different eras. Uh, they have um, a parade tomorrow, but I won't be able to attend the parade. But I'll be there tonight for the game. What kind of afternoon. yeah yeah? What kind of uh, memories does this bring back for you? Because not only the 100th uh, anniversary of Wichita East, but the 40th uh, anniversary of uh, your uh, second state championship there with with East High. I'm sure uh, there's a lot uh, flooding back. Am I right? Oh, absolutely. You know, it's it's uh, remarkable. It's, well, it's actually remarkable. It's been so long, but the coolest thing about it is to think about all of the uh, friendships. Uh, and the uh, you know the, the relationships that we had, you know, growing up or, or moving beyond that, I realized from there just how valuable, uh, you know, uh, uh, working with others uh, and, and trusting others and really getting along is in a in a uh, team environment. 
And I think I attribute all of that to uh, our success, my success, and any team that I played on has been a result of, you know, having that trust and confidence and really liking the people that are around me. Clint Normore, our guest, uh, he was the uh, quarterback for Wichita East when they uh, won state championships in 82 and 83. You didn't begin playing football and all uh, at all until you were a sophomore. Uh, so, you know, uh, Chuck Porter, one of the great uh, coaches in the history of the state of Kansas, what do you think he saw in you to be able to trust you with that position uh, of quarterback, even though you hadn't not only not played quarterback, but not uh, played football at all? Actually, I asked him that question when he asked. He told me I was going to be quarterback. Um, I didn't know how to throw. I never played quarterback. Never played football. He said it's just like being a point guard. You'll be fine. I'll teach you how to throw, uh, and everything else will be okay. But you're right. He is a phenomenal uh, individual, uh, and he made the made that uh, experience uh, very pleasant. Of course, I had some fantastic talent around me too. Now. At Wes Anderson, Kirk Allen, and Jay Agnew, and our offensive line was phenomenal. So, you know, it, it was pretty easy. <laughs> yeah, speaking of, of easy, in, in 1982, uh, you lost your third game to Capen, but, uh, and that was a close one, 20-17. to 17. But the other uh, eight, I guess, the other seven games were all shutouts in favor of, of East, obviously. So, I mean, speaking of easy, when, when you don't give up a point, I mean, that's got to make your job pretty easy as as quarterback, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there was, I mean, it's really, like I said, when you have confidence and trust in everybody around you, there's really not that much pressure. So I never went into any game thinking we were under pressure. Um, and, and we were just in the moment, of course, having a cool head like uh, Coach Porter and the staff there, it made it even uh, uh, much more exciting. Yeah, absolutely. Clint Normore, our guest, uh, he played at East High School. Uh, you were a baseball player, basketball player, football player growing up. Uh, obviously one of the greats at, at East High as they celebrate uh, their 100th anniversary. So we talked about Chuck Porter a little bit. Tell, just tell me uh, just what kind of influence he was on you as, as a player, as a person, just uh, what you took away as you, you know, were getting into adulthood there uh, later at your time at East and, and what you've taken from him as, as the years have, have kind of gone on. You know, I've been really blessed. You know, most of the influential coaches in my life really resembled uh, my dad and the relationship I had with him. Uh, as my first coach, you know, and, and the teachings of my mom and, and dad about uh, being persistent, uh, having discipline, uh, you know, never giving up. Uh, and Coach Porter was just, you know, just an extension of my parents. You know, he, uh, you could tell he loved every player. You know, he, like I said, he was always calm. He never got rattled. And that just made my job easier. No doubt. So, yeah, you know, I have to ask you this question because my dad, Bob, is not here. Uh, I know he loved uh, covering your teams. He loved covering City League football. Um, you know, in that era, so many teams were so good. Southeast, Capen, uh, North had some good teams, and pretty much everybody was good. So what do you remember, Bob, as a, as a youngster covering you guys? Is that, is that something that sticks with you? Obviously, you've gotten to know him a little bit better as, as you've, you guys have gotten a little bit older. But uh, was that something, was Bob being around, was that something that made an impression on you at the time? 
Bob was the man. Bob was <laughs> Don't the say that. Only reporter. <laughs> he was, and, and he is. He, he's the only guy that reported that really believed in me. I was always put in kind of an underdog position, especially a quarterback. Uh, and even going into uh, Wichita State and to uh, uh, University of Kansas, he always spoke about you know the talent I had and and my abilities um, when others didn't. So. You know, kudos to him because he was always speaking against the crowd. <laughs> yeah, well, good for him. He's, I guess, he's always somewhat of a contrarian. So, yeah, what was playing in the city league like back then? Uh, we talked about all the shutouts. Uh, you had one city league loss in those in those two years in the state championship games. Uh, you dominated, but was it was it tougher than it looks on paper now? All these years later, when you're shutting all these teams out, it really was. I mean the. You know, it's it's. I'm so blessed that, like I said, I've played on a team that had so much talent. You know, and the the teams we played against had talent. They just didn't have. They weren't as deep as as ours. Um, and in every position uh, on both sides of the ball, and I think that that is where the difference was. But make no mistake about it, they were talented. You have Capen, um, even uh, Southeast was a, a a strong competitor. North, uh, and but. How we prevailed is we always, one, played together. Uh, we played both sides of the ball. Uh, and um, we never went into a game thinking we were going to lose. We went into the game with confidence, knowing that as long as we did the work, uh, it would turn out favorably. And we never gave up. We were down to many of those in some of those games as well, as you know, uh, those that weren't shut out, especially the Capen. But, uh, you know, in the, the um, 83-84 season, we were down some games and came back. So, you know, it's just a testament to the guys and the character that we had on the team. Yeah, absolutely. How did your time at East prepare you for college, college sports? You ended up at uh, KU and won a national championship there. Uh, Playing all those sports at East High, being an athlete, uh, growing up, being well-rounded, how did that uh, prepare you for what what was to come next? It was huge. You know, the, fortunately I had, uh, 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 a lot of help from our faculty there, uh, but it was really cool to be able to play so many sports in high school uh, and then that to be able to translate into uh, college life, which is much more taxing academically. But I think that uh, the most important thing I got from East High was really perseverance. As you recall, particularly in basketball, I didn't move up to varsity right away. Uh, so I had to prove myself, so to speak, as the first uh, few games. Uh, and and that really, uh, I allowed that or used that as a motivation the, my entire life, but there more than anything. And when I got to Wichita State, it was the same thing. I, I didn't walk into favor. I had to earn my spot, same way with KU. Uh, and it made it much more valuable for me. For sure. Yeah, so you mentioned uh, the game uh, this afternoon. It's Emporia. How nice is it to see uh, Wichita East with the, with the team that they have this year, uh, beating Wichita Northwest, really hung in against Capen. Uh, you know, looks like they're probably going to win out here. I wouldn't be surprised if that happened and really have some momentum. They've got a great quarterback, a great offense. Uh, I'm sure on some level it reminds you of what, what you guys had uh, back, in, back in the early 1980s. Absolutely. I mean, uh, and when you think about it, I know you know this better than I do, but the the tradition at East High is, is rich. Uh, so 
East High has always had some very talented athletes, some very talented teams. So uh, this is just an addition to what has already been there. And I'm looking forward to uh, seeing these young guys um, perform out on the field. Uh, Emporia is special with regard to the city anyway, because my sister, uh, my oldest sister graduated from there. Okay. Uh, college. Uh, I'm looking forward to seeing the game. And I think that, uh, of course, our, uh, our aces are going to excite and win. But I'm, I'm glad I'll be able to. Yeah, I think uh, I think the the Aces have this one in the bag too. I uh, hope I'm not putting a jinx on it, but uh, really appreciate your time. Uh, enjoy the festivities tonight. Uh, uh, it's gr- great football weather, as we've been talking about. It's cool out there. I know it'll be a, a great time at East as they celebrate their 100th anniversary. Really appreciate you coming on with me today, Clint. Uh, thanks for having me. I enjoyed it. All right. Thanks so much. Good luck. Good luck. Take care. Clint Normore. Hey, that's our number one. Three unbelievable guests, well-rounded. We've talked uh, all kinds of sports. We talked about the wind search, high school football. Clint Normore got in here and talked about uh, East High football and his time as a two-time state champion there. Uh, It's just been fantastic. And there's more to come. Taylor Eldridge will join us on uh, on the other side, the... Start of hour number two. Plenty, of course, to talk with him about as the uh, Wichita State men's, women's basketball season's approach. Volleyball is going on. He wrote a softball story the other day. So Taylor Eldridge will bring plenty of insight into Wichita State athletics, as he always does. Stay with us. That's coming up next. It is Bob and Jeff on KFH.